And, um, but I want to speak to our hearts this morning. Um, and first of all, I want to begin to uh, the message this morning and ask, how many parents do we have in here this morning? How about everybody just a, that is a parent? Would you stand? Just stand to your feet this morning if you're a parent. Okay. That's uh, a lot of people. Okay. Now, how many of you, before you sit down, wait a minute, wait a minute, before you sit down, how many of you feel like you were perfect parents? Remain standing. Okay. That's 100%. Perfect parents. Well, just like we're imperfect people, we're imperfect parents. Amen. How many perfect kids we got here today? <laughs> yeah, I suspected that as well. I want to bring a message today. I feel like, as it was at my church, that um, there's somebody, some people, uh, that need to hear this message this morning, that you need encouragement, that the devil is constantly beating you up over... Um, this fact of parenting. And I want to go a step further and say that probably if you're here today and your kids have turned out fairly well, you probably think of yourself possibly as a fairly good parent. If you're here today and you think you have failed as a parent, uh, it might be uh, in relation to how your kids have turned out. And um, with that being said, I want to go to our scripture this morning, 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3. While you're turning, uh, Paul writing to Timothy here uh, tells him in the beginning of this chapter uh, the state uh, that we're going to see, that we're seeing now. Uh, He starts out this chapter in verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. I believe it's safe to say we're there, amen, that we're in the last times, that we're in perilous times, and he goes on to describe those times, and if you read those next few verses, uh, you will understand and you will almost be reading our headlines of our news today, amen. Um, We're not going to take the time to read that, um, but um, he winds up uh, speaking in verse 12, Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Uh, I, th- I believe we're there today. Amen. I-, I feel sure that we're in these last days that Paul was talking about here And we do see evil people uh, waxing worse and worse, and it's going to get worse even now. Sometimes we look at the news and say, how in the world can it get any worse? Um, But we will see that it will. Amen. But we're going to pick up here in verse 14 uh, and uh, listen to what Paul is uh, speaking to Timothy uh, with the light, in the light of uh, the previous verses. He says, but continue thou... In the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. 
All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Truly furnished means to furnish perfectly. He speaks the word that God may, uh, that the man of God may be perfect. Now we all know uh, that word perfect uh, doesn't mean uh, the word perfect in the sense that we mean, but it means mature, it means grown up in the Lord, it means um, to, to be uh, what God wants us to be in that finished state. And one of these days we will be perfect, amen? One of these days we will stand before a holy righteous God without spot and without blemish. And it won't be because of our own doing, amen, but it'll be because of Jesus Christ. But the Word of God helps us to live our lives and to, uh, to mold us and to make us and to shape us into what God wants us to be. And the Word of God furnishes uh, us perfectly with what is needed. And with this being said, we want to speak about how the Scriptures, as it says here, uh, makes us wise unto salvation. And yet... One can be wise unto salvation and not be saved. Amen. And so that's what I want to deal with this morning. We can teach our kids. We can train up our kids. The Bible uh, teaches us to train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it, right? And we have that hope and we have that faith uh, in, in God. And, and so I want to encourage our hearts today. Uh, and I want you to think in your specific situation how you feel you've done as a parent. And if you're not a parent here today and you're a child, just hang on, I'm going to address that a little bit later also. Because God's Word speaks to children as well. Amen. To honor their parents, uh, that your days may be along on the earth. And we're going to touch on that a little bit as well. But I want us to understand right off the bat that <clears throat> God's Word uh, is uh, clear that we can uh, come to Him when our faults and our failures and we don't match up to His grace and His mercy and what He wants us to be. Amen. And as fallible human beings, we make mistakes as parents. And uh, as I said earlier, um, depending on how our children turn out, sometimes is how uh, it makes us feel as parents. But I want us to understand, as we all know, that... Children have a will of their own. Amen. Uh, if you want your child uh, to do something, the best way to probably get your child to do something is tell them not to do it, right? Don't they usually do what you tell them not to do? And don't do what you tell them to do, right? Um, but in that sense, a, a, a child has uh, their own will. You know, I think back in the Garden of Eden as God made Adam and Eve and placed them in the garden, and there was one stipulation, one stipulation in the garden. You, of all the trees that are in the garden, you may freely eat, the Bible says. And God told them, you've got access to everything here, they, it was a paradise. Matter of fact, some people say, what will heaven be like? I believe that heaven will be a lot like God intended uh, in the Garden of Eden. Amen. Uh, there was no sin early on. There was uh, this sense that they had everything they needed. Um, they were not sitting in hammocks doing nothing in the garden. By the way, 
we're more feel fulfilled in life when we're doing something. Amen. God didn't make us just to sit around and do nothing. Uh, God put in us a will and a desire to work and, to, and he put Adam and Eve in the garden and he, they were to care for the garden, to till the garden, to do that which uh, God taught them to do and, and to enjoy the fruits of their labor and to enjoy that which the, the uh, garden uh, provided for them. And all that was great. We don't know how long they were in the garden. We tend to think just because um, man sinned in the third chapter that, you know, it was real quick. Uh, it may have been some time before uh, Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. We don't know. Uh, maybe they had time to kind of get a little tired and try all the other fruits. And uh, day by day they kept looking at that uh, tree and they were like, wow, that, you know, I wonder what that tastes like. And, and one day... Eve was standing at the tree, wasn't she? And the serpent came to her and began to tempt her. And he tempted her in the three forms that everyone is tempted, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. What a great example that all three of those appear there in that first sin and that first temptation. And we can narrow our sin and temptation down today to, to one or more of those three things as well. How will it make me feel? You know, the lust of the eyes. Wow, that really looks good. Eve looked at the fruit. She said, boy, that really looks good. <clears throat> boy, I wonder how that would taste, you know. The lust of the flesh. Boy, that would be, that's probably a really amazing. And the devil's there coaxing her along through the serpent. And then she says, the devil says, oh, it'll make you wise. Boy, the pride of life. Isn't that something? Pride will get us every time, won't it? And so she took of the fruit and gave to her husband and they sinned and immediately, immediately the fellowship with God was broken. But God created Adam and Eve and I want us to understand He created them with a free will. He told them don't partake of the fruit. But He said that was their choice, right? And when they chose to take of that fruit... Sin entered into the world and death by sin, the Bible says. I want us to understand that as God created Adam and Eve and they were uh, good people, they were uh, perfect human beings prior to this fall, but they had a free will and they exercised that free will to disobey God. As parents, we can teach our uh, children, we can teach them right from wrong, but they have a free will, amen? Some kids are easier to teach than others. Amen. Some, anybody got strong-willed children in here? Don't raise your hand. Strong-willed children are a lot harder to deal with, aren't they? You may have a strong-willed child and you may have an easy child. You may have a, a child that uh, has a lot of interests like your own and you may have a child that's totally different. I remember when our two was born, uh, our son was pretty active and I remember my wife holding him in, in the choir and uh, she'd hold him. He didn't like to be held where he couldn't see. He wanted to be facing out where he could see. And I remember seeing her in the choir and he was, she was holding him around his uh, stomach and his chest area there and his hands were going up and his feet were going down. I mean, he was just constantly moving. And so she said one day when she I was pregnant with our daughter and she says, well, I've always heard uh, that you have an active one and a and a uh, not-so-active one. I said, well, but the problem is 
uh, when that second one comes along and you realize your first one wasn't the active one, all right? <clears throat> what you thought was active uh, gets uh, upset and upsets your thinking. But uh, children are so different. But you know, God makes children and he gives them the personality and the will. And he makes us as parents and he gives us his word to teach and to guide and instill in them uh, what we should as parents. Will we always get it right? No. Will the child always be right? No. But I want us to, I think this morning, I know there's probably people sitting here today that you're constantly dealing with guilt possibly over how your child or children have turned out. And I want us to understand uh, a few things about that. <clears throat> One other example in the Bible is so uh, true to this story, the story of the prodigal son. We all know the story, how the prodigal son came to his father. He was the younger of the two sons, and he came to his father and said, Father, uh, this is a, a loose translation, but he says, Father, um, I'm sort of sick and tired of this place. Give me what's coming to me. I'm going to head out. And most of us parents would have said, you go ahead and head out. I'm not giving you nothing, <laughs> right? Because we know, and we know the story. We know what the child did with that, didn't he? He went out and he wasted that money with riotous living. But it's interesting that the father didn't say, no, I'm not going to do that. But that the father did what the son asked. He split up his inheritance, uh, the elder son and the younger son. And not too many days after that, the younger son takes off. And as we've already said, he wasted his substance with righteous living. He had a big party. He was living it up. Not unlike our society today. Do we see what's going on in our society? We see people living for the day, uh, making no plans for the future. Uh, having, they don't want to be restricted in any way. They don't want to be told you can't do this or you can't do that, right? We want to be free. But with freedom comes issues, does it not? We can choose to go out and do what we want to do, but it comes at a cost. Many years ago, Heard a preacher preach a message on sin. Sin will take you further than you want to go. Sin will keep you longer than you'll want to stay. And the third thing, sin will cost you more than you'll be willing to pay. With sin comes a price, amen. And we see the devastation in our society today that sin has put on people. We see it take a toll in physical appearance and physical in our physical bodies. We see it through disease. We see it through addictions. We see it through a number of different things. What the, 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 what the actions and uh, what sin causes. And we see this in this young man. And we focus on the prodigal son so much in that story that I think sometimes we miss the real story. Amen. You remember... I'm gonna, you're going to confess your age here a little bit. How many remember Paul Harvey's The Rest of the Story? Yeah, everybody about my age, right? Um, but Paul Harvey used to uh, tell a story and he'd tell the rest of the story. 
Well, so, so many times we look at the prodigal son and, and we miss the real story in that story. You say, what is that, preacher? It's the father. Amen. Yes, the son went out and he wasted his substance with riotous living and he got down and he was feeding the pigs and he, was, he finally came to himself. I like the way the, uh, the Bible says that. Amen. When he came to himself, he realized, wow, I'm in a bad shape. You know, our society is all about taking away consequences. Amen. But sometimes our consequences causes us to make a turn in the right direction. The Bible says he was down there feeding the pigs and he was so hungry that he kind of wanted to eat the pig's food. That's a pretty low place to be, isn't it? But while he was in that state, his mind began to think and he says, boy, in my father's house, there's bread enough and to spare. Amen. There's bread enough and to spare. I think I'll just go back to the Father's house. Amen. And he starts to make his journey home. Can you imagine what's going through his mind? We get a little picture of that in God's Word. What am I going to say to Dad? What, how am I going to just... I can't just walk back home and everything's going to be just like it's always been, right? What, what am I going to say to him? And so he gets up in his mind. He figures out what he's going to say. He says, when I get there, I'm just going to tell Dad, uh, you know, I'm not worthy to be called a son. <clears throat> so just, just make me like one of your hired servants. I, I'm willing just to slip back in and just, I, I don't need to be in the limelight. I don't need to be a son. I just, I'll just be a hired servant. Amen. Probably some of us parents would have been willing to go that route. Amen. Son's home, kind of stick them somewhere in the corner and make sure they're took care of. But what did the father do? One of the best things was he was looking. He was looking for his son to come home. Amen. If you've wandered away from the Lord this morning, He's looking for you. Not in the sense that He doesn't know where you are. Amen? When God came to the garden and He said, Adam, where art thou? He didn't ask that question because He didn't know where Adam was. He asked that question because Adam didn't know where he was. Amen? And he saw his son a long way off, the father did, and he ran to him. Amen. And he kissed him. Amen. And he brought him to the house. And his son gave him that well-rehearsed speech. Dad, I'm not worthy to be called your son anymore. Just make me as one of your hired servants. And the father says what? Bring forth the best robe. Amen? The best robe. Not just a sorry one. Not just a used one. Not just any old robe, but bring forth the best robe and put it on him. 
and put a ring on his finger. You see, the real story is that the father completely forgave his son and restored him to his sonship. Amen? Aren't you glad you've been restored today? Amen? Maybe there's someone here that this, this part of the message is speaking to. Maybe you've slipped away from God. Amen? Maybe you're out enjoying the pleasures of the world. I got news for you. There's pleasure in sin for a season. And then payday comes. Amen? Then payday comes. Sin will cost you more than you're willing to pay. So he returned home. His father welcomed him back. His relationship was restored. What to do this morning? I've titled this message, Parent Failure. If you're here today and you feel like you failed as a parent, I want to point us to some things in God's Word that will help us. First thing we need to do, just like that prodigal son did, we need to come to Jesus. Amen? The universal message through God's Word, come unto me. Amen? All you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen? He'll give us rest. He'll give us restoration. Come to Jesus, number one. Number two, confess your failures. Feel like you failed as a parent, and maybe we all have. Maybe we failed tremendously. Maybe... There was things going on in our life when our kids were home that, that uh, you know, wasn't pleasing to God and, 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 and we see that and the devil keeps bringing that guilt up into our hearts and our minds. Come to Jesus, amen, and confess those faults and failures to him today, amen. What does the Bible say will happen when we come and confess our sins? He is faithful and just, you ever thought about those two terms? He's faithful to his word. Amen. Bible says, he that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. Amen. You come to me and confess your sins, I will forgive you. Amen. There's, that's clear throughout God's word. Anyone who ever turned to Christ was never disappointed. He was, they were never rejected. Amen. Never rejected. The woman at the well came to Christ and he told her all that she had ever done. Amen. And she says, isn't this the Christ? Amen. She goes back into town and she tells all the people in the town, come see a man. Come see a man that told me everything about myself. Is this not the Christ? Amen. How about the woman that comes and broke the alabaster box? And anointed the feet of Jesus. Amen. Simon's house and Simon. Christ spoke to Simon and he said, see this woman? Her sins are many. Simon was like, if Christ really knew who this woman was, boy, it'd be all men, wouldn't it? But what did he say? Oh, this woman's sins, they're many. He knew exactly who she was. He knows exactly who you are, who I am. He knows exactly everything about us. He knows exactly where you were last night at 11 o'clock 
He knows exactly where I was. He knows everything about us. He knew before Adam sinned that Adam was going to sin in the garden. Adam's sin in the garden didn't take God by surprise. He didn't sit there and wring his hands and say, Oh no, man's disobeyed. What am I going to do now? Oh no. Long before he ever created man, he had the redemption plan in place. Amen. And long before we made our mistakes, he's got the plan in place. Come to Jesus, number one. Number two, confess your failures. And number three, let him cleanse you from all sin. Three C's. Amen. Come to Jesus, confess your sins, and let him cleanse you, number three. Then we've got some D's. We had C's, now we got D's. <clears throat> you said, well, preacher, that's all well and good. That takes care of me, but what about my child? What about my children? What about my failures as a parent? Don't give up. Don't give up. Amen? Number two, don't quit praying. Amen? The power of prayer should never be underestimated, but it is. Amen? You say, well, preacher, I've been praying for my child for years. Don't give up. Don't quit praying. Amen? Let me give you some reasons why we don't need to give up. And we don't need to forget to pray. Because we serve an almighty, awesome God. Amen? We serve a God that can do exceedingly, abundantly, above. Aren't you glad all three of those words are in there? Amen? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think. Amen? We could say that we serve an exceedingly abundant God. Amen? I've said this before, but the verse says, our God shall supply all of our needs according to what? His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I like to give this example. You don't really know me, but you don't need to know me to get this example. If I came in here and told you that I was going to help you according to my bank account, I will assure you there's no reason to get excited. Amen? But if I come in here and told you that Warren Buffett was going to help you according to his bank account, you might get a little excited, right? Now, think with me. When God says he's going to supply all our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Boy, I love that song. Don't owe me anything, right? Why? Because he's already given his all. Amen? What more can he give? For God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't just love the world. 
that verse would be great if he said he just loved the world, but he said he so loved the world. Amen? What does that mean? He so loved to the point that he gave. Let me submit to us that when we love, giving is right around the corner. Amen? Amen? Can you really love without giving? No. Do you love your spouse today? Do you give? I've heard it said uh, mar- a good marriage is 50-50. <clears throat> Somebody that said that's totally wrong. I mean, he's going to agree with me when I say this. A good marriage takes 100-100. Amen? Right. <clears throat> Don't forget about our almighty, awesome God. <clears throat> That's the three Ds. Don't give up. Don't forget to pray. Don't forget about our awesome God and what He's able to do. <clears throat> and then last but not least, it's not a C or a D, <clears throat> but give it to Jesus and watch Him work. Amen? If you hadn't figured out by now, God is uh, amazing at taking nothing and making a lot out of it. Amen? He can take a few fish and a few loaves of bread and feed multitudes. He can take our mistakes. He can take all that we, uh, our very best that we can do and make something out of it. Since I mentioned that story, you know, he turns to Philip and he says, we need to feed this crowd. And, uh, you know, what, how can we feed this crowd? And the Bible says Jesus knowing what he was going to do. Don't you like that? He asked his disciples, we need to feed this crowd. How can we do that? But he's already got in his mind what he's going to do. So what's the point in asking his disciples? Why didn't he just go ahead and do it? He did that so the disciples would realize, and he does things for us, but so the disciples, so we will realize, so the disciples would realize we're inadequate. Our abilities are inadequate. Our parenting abilities are inadequate to be the right parents. By the way, let me bring this in right quick. If you're a young parent here today and you've got just young children, it's good to see some of those young children in church. Amen? But if you're a young parent here today and you're just beginning your parenting journey, I want to encourage you to raise them in the book. Raise them in the house of God. Amen? Is that going to assure you that they're never going to make a wrong turn? Absolutely not. Amen? Amen? Just because we raise children like we, to the best of our ability, we raise them in church, we teach them right from wrong, and we teach them uh, about God, that's no assurance completely that they're going to follow our teaching and God's teaching. Why? Because they have a will of their own. Amen. But as parents, God instructs us to do that. Amen. And we're disobeying when we don't. But we teach them the ways of the Lord. But if and when they turn out 
less than what we would desire, we still get to pray, amen, and we get to watch God work. You remember the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt? They left Egypt and they left in a hurry and they started out on their journey and they get out and the first thing they encounter is the Red Sea. And here they are, the Red Sea in front of them, the Egyptian army coming behind them. We would say today, well, they're in a pickle, right? They're in a bad place. But let me remind you, being in a bad place with God is still a good place. Amen. And you can see the people, they're anxious, they're looking at the sea one minute, they're turning and they're looking at the enemy the next. What are we going to do? They're crying out to Moses. Smart man Moses was, he cries out to God, right? Moses like, boy, I'm inadequate, amen? I've got us to this point, but I don't know what to do now. Best place, best thing in getting to the place that we don't know what to do. Sometimes the bottom we have to look up, right? Why don't we look to God before we reach the bottom? Huh? It's human nature. It's human nature to think we can fix this, we can fix this, I've got this. And even if we do try to fix it, we make a mess out of it, right? But when we get to that point that, God, I've done all I know to do, and it's just getting worse. (laughs) We're in a good place. Amen? We're in a good place. Moses steps out. God instructs him to stretch his rod out over the Red Sea. You say, preacher, that's crazy. Yeah, it is. We'd have probably, we'd have probably done something to the Egyptian army, right? We'd have probably done something different. Who would have ever thought about parting the waters of the Red Sea? <laughs> Amen. But God was going to make a way and destroy the enemy. At the same time. Isn't that great? That's the kind of God we serve. Amen. I don't know what situation you're in today with your children. But I feel sure somebody is going to get some rest today. Somebody is going to get to unload some guilt today. Amen. I've already been blessed to see people come right here to this altar while the song service is going on. So I feel sure that you know this is a good place to be. Amen. Hezekiah, he got a bad, some bad letters, didn't he? Oh, enemy king approaching, and he sends him some letters, basically telling him, you might as well give up, because I'm coming. I've done took everybody around you. I can say this because I feel sure y'all know what this means. We've whooped everybody. Y'all know what that means, right? And that was the truth. And Hezekiah knew it was the truth. Amen. What does he do? I like this. God, it's true what he says. But what he don't know is going to hurt him. Amen. What he don't know is we serve the real God. We're the real God's children. 
and he comes to the altar of the Lord and he lays those letters out in front of God. And he says, here they are, God. I'm waiting on you to move in my situation. Amen. Well, I want to close up this morning. We serve an amazing God and we could go on with example after example in God's word about things that looked impossible. And you got to wonder sometimes, Lord, why are you leading me down this path? Why am I going through this? Why? Why, why? Is it wrong to ask why? Well, if it is, Jesus asked, Father, why have you forsaken me? Did he not? Now, if we're asking the question why, because we're questioning that God's wrong in what he's doing, I'll assure you that's wrong. But if we're questioning why because we just don't understand, I think God understands that, amen? So if you're here this morning and you're saying, why is this happening to me? Why? After years of raising my children, why are they, have they turned against God? Or why are they not following God? Or maybe you're here today and you weren't saved as a parent and you've since gotten saved and now you're looking back and the devil is beating you up about that and how your kids are or whatever I got news for you everything I've said still applies we serve an awesome God don't give up don't quit praying amen pray pray now you kids, I told you I'd address this. The Bible is clear on children obeying their parents. Honoring your parents. Maybe you're a grown child here today and you didn't have a good growing up period of time in your home because of alcoholism or drug addiction or any other number of other things we could fill in the blank. Amen? Amen? And Maybe you haven't talked to your parents or a parent in a long time. You say, preacher, you don't know my situation. I do not. But God's word says, honor thy father and thy mother. Amen? And I honestly believe that if you had a less than desirable growing up experience, you can pray for your parents. You cannot give up for your parents. Amen. And God may lead you to go to your parents and hash some things out. Amen. But I'll assure you that God will go with you every step of the way. If you make that effort to honor your father and your mother. They provided for you. They worked for you. They may have worked too hard. They may have took on way more than they should have and didn't spend time with you. I don't know your situation, but God does. But he says, honor thy father and thy mother. You say, well, they don't deserve it. I don't read anything in God's word that says whether they deserve it or not. You say, preacher, you just don't know, and I don't. But I'll 
I want you to go at least this step. I want you to pray and ask God what he wants you to do in that situation. Amen? And you kids, honor your father and your mother. Obey what they tell you. Amen? God set this thing up, amen, that the parents were to be parents. We see so much in our culture today about you need to be a friend to your kid. There may be a time that you can be a friend, but right now God's made you a parent. And there's a certain amount of instruction and time and things that they may not like you doing. I didn't like it when my mom sent us to the garden to pull weeds and to hoe and to pick beans and to hoe potatoes. I didn't like it at all. And she sent us many times and we did a lot of dirt clod throwing and a lot of things besides what we were sent to the garden to do. But guess what? It was good for me. Amen? Taught me a work ethic that is missing today in our culture. Amen. It taught me a lot of things that things just don't come handed to you on a silver platter like so much of our culture expects today. And it also taught me when things get a little tough, you just don't throw your hands up and quit. Amen. When it gets hot in the middle of the day, you can't just go to the house, sit in the cool of the shade. There's a certain amount of things that has to be done. Amen. And so I want to encourage you as children today, honor and obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And you know what else? It's rewarding. It's rewarding. God sees and God knows. Amen. I'm used to staring at a clock right here in my church. And I don't have one, so I don't have a clue what time it is. But I think I've heard some dummies growling. So I'm going to close this thing up. I don't know exactly how the Lord has spoken to your heart today, but I can imagine in a crowd this size that any number of these scenarios that we've mentioned today could come into play here today. If you've been here today and you've heard this message and you've tried your best, you're not perfect, we all know that, none of us are. But you've tried your best to raise your children in the house of the Lord and to follow the things of the Lord. And they haven't kept it up. And they're out doing whatever today in a devil's world. I'm going to offer you a chance to lay it out right here before God. I've had occasion to drive a dump truck a little bit and maybe you have too or maybe not but maybe you can pick up on what I'm trying to say here you ever tried to dump part of a load out of a dump truck it don't work too good so I'm encouraging us to come down here today don't try to just dump part of it dump it all right here before a holy righteous God who already knows all about it anyway. And just maybe, just maybe, he's wanting to see you give it all to him. And the result's just around the corner.
Amen? You say, well, preacher, what if it don't happen? That's the devil talking. Amen? That's the devil talking. You may not see it in your lifetime, but you pray and turn God loose on it. Amen? And keep praying. Keep praying. Amen? And watch what God does. Amen? Maybe you even want to I was reading this week about the children of Israel as they crossed the uh, Jordan River and they were instructed to pick up 12 stones out of the middle of the river and to carry them over to the other side and to build. Put those stones in a pile. And what was the purpose of that? Every time they went by those stones, (laughs) they could remember that God brought them out of Egypt. That God brought them through 40 years of wilderness. That God fed them day after day after day with bread from heaven, water from the rock, and threw in a little quail for grace. Amen. And they crossed the river and they subdued, (coughs) excuse me, the Canaan land. They didn't do it, but God did it. Amen. And you can keep on trying to to handle the situation in your family. You can keep trying to do this, that, or the other. You can call, you can badger, you can do a lot of things. But I'm here to tell you, the best thing to do is to lay it at God's feet and watch Him work. Amen. As we stand to our feet today, I don't know how y'all normally close out. Somebody come uh, with us, play a little bit on the instruments. I don't know how the Lord's spoken to your heart today. Maybe... Just maybe, you say, well, preacher, I I wasn't a Christian when I raised my family and, boy, they followed in my footsteps and I hate to see my children struggling like they are. Guess what? God is a restorer of the years that the canker worm has destroyed. God is a restorer for our wrongs and our rights. Amen. As we said about the prodigal son, God restored that relationship. Maybe you're a child here today. Adult child, young child. Maybe God has spoken to your heart, pricked your heart this morning about some things between you and your parents. You mind the Lord this morning. Come down here and get forgiveness. God will grant you that forgiveness. Amen. You might need to go and Speak to your parents about some things, but God will give you the grace and strength to do that. Amen. And I never like to close a message without the opportunity. Or maybe you're here today and you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you're a parent. Maybe this is the message that's been sent your way today to know that you need to turn your life over to Jesus Christ that he can help you be the parent that he's called you to be that he wants you to be that your kids need you mind the Lord today as we pray Lord we thank you and praise you for this day God we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today Lord we thank you for the encouragement from your word today God, I pray for each one that's come here today. You know each situation. You know each circumstance. You know each person's thoughts that are going through their mind right now. 
maybe thoughts of guilt, thoughts of pain, thoughts of problems in their family, thoughts of children who have maybe turned away from you or any number of things as we've preached this message today. Lord, we feel sure you've laid this message on our heart for this church today. And God, we just cry out to you today. Lord, may you grant forgiveness. May you grant restitution. God, may you grant cleansing today. If we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us and to heal us from all our sin. God, we pray for cleansing and healing today. God, we pray for healing in family situations. God, we pray for grace, for knowledge in situations, Lord, in our families. Lord, our culture is so, so detrimental to the family. We're seeing so much uh, redefining of what a family truly is. But God, you've you spelled it out in your word that a husband and a wife are to come together and in that context they're to have children and to rear those children and raise those children in a loving home and in an environment where they can thrive. And God, we see that torn all apart across our nation and across our world today. The devil has wreaked all kind of havoc in our homes uh, across this nation and across this world today. God, we just pray that today will be the day that uh, homes are restored, relationships are restored, that we can move on from where we are in our homes, Lord. Boys, we're fast approaching the holiday season. Lord, let this be a season like none other before. God, as you grant this healing and cleansing power, Lord, we pray today. God, and direct us all, Lord. May we lift you up. May we honor you in our everyday lives, Lord. May we be a witness and a testimony for you. May we love one another and encourage one another. Lord, as we come to your house, as we uh, have the relationship with each other here in this life, God, iron sharpens iron. God, help us to encourage one another and to be there for one another. It's no wonder that you told us in your word. You specifically commanded us to love one another. Sometimes that just doesn't come natural to us, but God, we just know that it's your will. God, we trust you today. We're going to leave it here at the altar. Leave it in your hands, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.